Welcome to Boise Song Talk. I'm James Coberly Smith. Give me just a second to set this guitar down, if you would, please. Thank you. Songs. What we're going to be doing on Boise Song Talk is we're going to be speaking with a number of the great local songwriters about how they write their songs. Now, they're all great live performers, and I encourage you to go out and see their live shows. However, we will not be emphasizing performance here. Instead, we'll be focusing on how they write their songs. Now, I'm going to start this thing out with a shortened version of a song of my own. Then we're going to go over and meet tonight's special guest. There on the cover of Scandal Annual, leading lady had become a cannibal. Men in styrofoam suits caught fire in the president's limo, picked up a hitchhiker. Facts, facts are optional. Facts, facts are optional. Lane traffic line a one-way street people meeting people they don't want to meet scrutinize the difference till everyone's alone working chicks off puzzles in the twilight zone facts facts are optional facts facts are optional three steps of mercy the hero holds his breath Reaches back for just one ounce of tenderness. Three steps from mercy, up and down the line. Digging for some truth, but all he seems to find is that the facts, facts are optional. Facts, facts are optional. Now, let's go over and meet tonight's special guest, Mr. Thomas Paul. How you doing, James? Excellent, my friend. Thanks for having me. Where are there, buddy boy? It's good to be back in my old neighborhood. Good to see you. Good to see you. I used good to, to see you. I used to live about two doors down from here. So you did, huh? This is a trip down memory lane. Thanks. Is that right? Really? Yeah. You live this close? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah. No wonder you're so comfortable here. Oh, yeah. This is my hood. Shoot. All right, my friend. Trying to describe what you do is very difficult for me. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, you're going to tell me about I'm it. I'm going to try. Yes, you are. But if I had to try and pick some things out, some of the things that I think when I think about you is you make brilliant use of musical dissonance. Thank you. I, in your melodies, and etc. I think you're a great producer. Um, your, your albums to me are like textured, musical landscapes. I mean, it's really, it's the type of album that I really like to listen to from start to finish. Cool. Because the way it goes from song to song is really, really something else. Thank you. We worked really hard on that kind of, you know, it's not just a pile of songs. It's a lot of them are meant to kind of segue into each other and stuff. I can see it. So. I can see it. Thank you. Absolutely true. 
you also play many musical instruments. And the other thing that I think about with you is, is you make uh, uh, the rare and excellent use of falsetto. A lot of people don't. So, why don't you give me some sense of how music, your musical beginnings. Well, um, I started out as a young kid just kind of picking up on some family musical traditions, a uh, lot, of, lot of bluegrass and stuff in the family, a lot of harmony singing. Uh -huh. um, a lot of my folks and stuff were in like a family band. I spent a lot of time around my grandmother and she was just a r really devoted music lover. Uh -huh. And you know, was there's always a piano around and instruments here and there against uh -huh. the wall, and so running around at four or five, I started banging on the piano and mm. listening to my relatives sing harmony and stuff, and it seemed to feel pretty natural to to sing and to play. And uh, picked up the guitar about eleven or twelve, and of course got into like hard rock and heavy metal and things, uh, but never lost that love for just kind of harmony and. And the use of, like you mentioned, dissonance, kind of tension and release sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Notes that might not work together, uh, like, by themselves, but then as they move away, f away from each other or towards each other, that can have a different effect. Right. So. So you, so you grew up in a very musical family. There was music all around. I would say so. Did you, and there, everyone was singing, did you um, start with a particular instrument first? Just piano, I think, at, at uh, you know, messing around with that five or six, I was sort of trying to pick out melodies, themes to TV shows and things on the piano, and I said, oh, look, look at the kid go, get him a book or something, oh, you know, get a uh -huh. little beginning piano book and kind of take off from there, and uh -huh. uh, many guitar players in the family, so I'd pick it up and started trying to learn those first right. chords, right, right. caged C-A. Or C A G E D, you know, and kind of going from there. Right. They said, "Well, he's beating the heck out of our guitars. We better get him his own, so he doesn't bang our guitars up anymore." And and kind of went from there. Uh huh. Yeah. Very nice. And uh, did you? When did you start uh, playing in bands or whatever? I think in junior high, we'd try and get you know three to five of us together in a garage with almost no success. Uh, First of all, no one's parents really, really want that around every weekend, so we'd move from house to house, uh -huh. garage to garage, right. shed to shed. So uh, you'd be playing electric then, of course. Yeah, we, yeah, we had sure. our little first little amps and a little electric guitars and bad drum sets and things, uh -huh. and probably nothing to sing through at that point. Right, right. And, uh, you know, we, we finally did get enough together to play a talent show, I think, in eighth grade and, and ninth grade, and then finally started working on original music probably around 14, 15. 16. Really? Okay. Yeah, and it's uh, about right. that time, it's like early to mid 90s, so very influenced by this sort of Seattle things that are going on at that mm -hmm. time and mm -hmm. a bunch of things like that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, would you like to play us a little Thomas Paul uh, song sure. here? Sure, yeah. Uh, when you mention dissonance, I tend to think of a song that uh, I've written called Benjamin, mm -hmm. and uh, it comes up a lot in these sorts of discussions, so. Just kind of started out one time, I can't even remember when, accidentally hit this chord and, you know, your first instinct is to go, no, I don't think so, but I thought, well, what if it, what if it moved to a nicer chord? And so that, that sort of became the seed and um, the uh, lyrics are about uh, more of a, just kind of a series of events that I've had with uh, a close friend who's almost like a brother. So.
on the tracks and set the natural light and let it fall through the cracks for all of the times you were gone and all of the clouds you were on and all It's just a short little version of it, but mm -hmm. it's basically a two-chord song. Mm -hmm. But be separate. See, now that's interesting. But because of the kind of the dissonance to the non-dissonance, it seems like it's more. And that was never by design. It just sort of—it's a happy accident. Well, that's see. This comes to something that you do so well. I didn't tune into that. That's a two-chord song, right? Because you use so many chords in your songs. I mean, you're packed full. Yeah, probably, like, maybe on second listen, for me, I think, man, I could have left one or two of those out, but... Well, but but see, that, for... so we got that that starting verse section, and then, okay. Yeah. And then we go to the, what's the next part that happened? To... When I went down here, it's another version of a, of a chord that I've already played up here. Just, but, just huh. moved it lower for effect, and then earlier I was playing the melody up here. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Oh, I see, I see. So you're just grabbing melody and yeah. playing it on the guitar. Yeah. Wow. And then harmonizing it underneath. Uh, it just sort of seemed the right way to do it. I, like I said, never. It was never like by design. So, but that's that's a song that people ask a lot about. Yeah. So I thought I'd start with that. Well, you have so many cool songs, and this is off of. Uh, uh, Waterloo. Yeah, uh, the most recent record. Uh, great album. Thank you. The thing that's so interesting for me now is to hear this raw on the guitar. I mean, I do hear you do it that way occasionally when I see you perform, but back to your production. Your, your production stuff is so rich and complex. When you're starting a song like that, given that you end up with for example, I saw you on the, uh, at the Egyptian mm -hmm. with, there had to be seven of you up there. Yeah, we've had seven or eight. Seven or eight, okay, seven there, or yeah. eight. I can't remember. The dang stage is full of musicians. It's a lot of fun. Right, but what can happen with most bands, yeah. if they do that, it becomes a mash of sound. Yeah. In your case, they have parts. It's woven together. It's quite brilliant. Thank you. Do, when you're starting a song like that, do you hear what it's going to be early, or does it happen some, through experimentation? Maybe some, but a lot of it's through experimentation. You know, I know a lot of great musicians in town, and it's kind of like thinking, well, why, why not have a cello? If you know a, a nice person with a cello that wants to play, like, why not have a flute or uh, more percussion or background vocals? Okay. And we do, when we're working those things up, we do work hard to try and make sure that there's not a ton of overlap. If there's two guitars, you certainly, they don't have to be playing the same thing. They can mm -hmm. for like more force, but mm -hmm. if they're slightly different or, like I try not to have the bass and the cello playing the same notes necessarily, even though they're kind of in this similar area. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun arranging the stuff for the big band. Okay, so it is basically then when you write a song, it, it develops into these great productions I hear. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I, I, we don't. I don't necessarily start out with the whole 
small rock orchestra in mind. No, gotcha. sometimes it's just as simple as starting with two mm -hmm. chords and and uh, coming up with a couple of words to hold onto a melody. Mm -hmm. Not, yeah, definitely not starting out with the grand vision of of the big mm -hmm. showcase. But so, so back to the seed of the idea. Then, do you usually start it with an instrument? Yeah, I would say like ninety percent of things start with a melody or a couple of chords, and I think that like makes one of my ears pick up. Uh -huh. And I say, well, I don't want to forget that interesting little transition there. I got to come up with some little melody. And then I'll come up with words to not forget the melody, really. That's more often than not the method. So then, if that's happening, you're sitting there and that's coming to you, how do you capture it so you won't forget it? Boy, that's a good question. I think a lot of songs, and a lot of people could say this, a lot of songs have just kind of flown away while you weren't looking because you forget about them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have probably, uh, and I have a comedian friend that does this too, I probably have a shoebox full of little scraps of paper, mm -hmm. notebooks upon notebooks that are mm -hmm. full of little ideas. Uh, now in this day and age, you can really quickly, a lot of folks can record on their computer or their phone. So that's one way that some people are like, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Nowadays, yeah. not losing ideas that way. Right, I haven't right. really taken a quick like liking to that. Uh -huh. If I got to set up a computer or something, it, that moment might dissipate. Right, right. Um, so a lot of times just furiously scribbled matchbooks or, you know, nap, cocktail napkin or receipt from a restaurant or who knows where you get the, yeah. the, the spark. But those are lyrics you're talking about. Either one. Oh, so you, or, so you you are trained enough to be able to write your melody down? Uh, not, the necessarily or something? In, in, not necessarily in a staff. I mean, I can, yeah. but it'll be rough. But, okay. But more of uh, just like I kind of draw it almost in a graph form, mm -hmm. which is sort of like writing out music. Mm -hmm. uh, and and okay. I, if All I right. look at it, I can, I can tell where it's going. But if somebody okay. else looked at it, they'd be like, what does this stack right. of letters mean? It's secret Thomas. I don't Thomas know. Thomas Paul. You know, everyone has their shorthand for uh -huh. for things that uh -huh. I mean, around the office or something. A lot of people right. have little shorthands that they use. Right. So, and I think we've all developed little little shortcuts and stuff to remember things. Well, you feel like giving us another sure. another um, rap piece of something here? Let me think of one here. This might be the first song off the same album. In fact, it is actually. So here we go. That's the opening of your album, of the Waterloo album. Yeah. And that lick, that lick is so cool. You have it with a keyboard, 
It's on, on the, the electric but piano, yeah. Play that lick again. Mm -hmm. It's a it's 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 a little dissonant yeah yeah a little bit less dissonant yeah i think we may have identified a pattern here oh, yeah. well, i haven't well. necessarily thought of it but there's a lot of that like that's kind of ugly and then yeah, it slides into wild. something a little less tense you know? yeah i was thinking about that i stumbled onto those chords and i was thinking about these three couples that i knew and i changed the names but i was thinking about them and and I watched him go through these ups and downs, and I was just like, I just had such a feeling. I was like pulling for him, you know, I'm like, just really rooting for these couples that I know to kind of get through some rough times. Uh -huh. And uh, and I came up with these other chords to kind of kind of close up the chorus. Uh -huh. um, yeah, that was written on guitar, then recorded on piano, and now mostly played on guitar again. I see, I see. Yeah, never know where it's going to end up in the studio. Well, it's just so cool to have that line going, and then on top of you, that is, those are some pretty wild things to put together. But you do them, you do them well, and and this is even without the, you know, the big great production that you do. Thank just you. Hearing it this way. Yeah, and I I didn't realize it at the beginning that it was kind of that the melody went. Uh -huh, Whatever right. the first two notes are, seems right. like one of them or more right. is wrong. Right. Sarah never right. Say right. I didn't realize that at first. Right. It uh, took me, I was jamming with a friend of ours, and uh, he said, what's that melody? I said, yeah. I hadn't thought of it yet. You know, right. it just, it, again, it seemed the right thing to do. Well, and it's very dissonant, you got to admit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that, it's a sort of turned upside down version of what we call the Jimi Hendrix chord. Oh. But instead of these notes being separate, they're right next to each other. Wow. Learned that later, it's you know. Very cool. Thank you. And you use it. I mean, not a lot of people do. It's it's you have an ear for it, and it's all throughout your your records. Uh, very very snazzy stuff. Thank you. Another interesting thing you do is your songs vary rhythmically so much. The styles. I mean, it's you know a lot of people could. You know, you could have dissonant songs and they could all be in a similar groove. Sure. Yours are not. They'll go through different lighter grooves and then like uh, flags in the way sure. you'll come on a record, you know, with this electric stuff. That just one turned out pretty dry. heavy. It did. It and was uh, originally written as quite a soft acoustic number. Really? But when it came time to make the record and where we were at as a band, that one was feeling like it wanted to go, go fight win or something. Like it, it was written like this. Almost like a samba or something. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. But when it came time to make the record, it became sped, uh, sped faster speed, and uh, definitely a quite a involved arrangement. And that that shift from that to the, the what I hear on the record would would um, happen in the studio or would you Just kind of slowly time? over the course of practices we'd play a song in rehearsal and I, I play with some amazing musicians i'm really fortunate we'd play it in rehearsal and just say like is that working for you guys you know because uh, I, I feel like they're equal contributors uh to, to these arrangements and things and 
and say, you know, I think that song wants to take off on us. It really wants to go. And, and we watch the tempos. If we notice that we're speeding up, we say, what happens if we go with it? Uh -huh. Instead of trying to pull back and like, no, this song is 86 beats per minute. That's the way it is. Okay. We notice if it starts to pull, like well, maybe let's follow that and see how it goes. Go with it instead of shutting it down. Um, so we're real open to like a song. If you catch us two weeks later, a song could have changed like drastically by then. Very interesting. Which, so, so then you're telling me also that you're not recording it to a click track? We did. Or you gu get guided by the click? Yeah, we, we do um, for for most reasons, like editing reasons. Sure, sure. Oh, yes. And Very things. practical. Yeah. And and usually I go in not wanting to do it. Right. And then I get talked into it by some very intelligent... By the engineers. Engineers <laughs> and producers. Engineers. Yeah. And They're I'm, persuasive. Yeah. I like <laughs> to have someone good helping me engineer and produce. Right. Hopefully one of each because... Uh, they can talk me out of some pretty crazy stuff, which is cool, which is cool. <laughs> I don't know. What you end up with sometimes seems like some pretty crazy stuff, but it yeah. works. Thank you. Thank you. Shoot. You're giving me partial songs. You better just give me another piece of something. Okay. Well, um, like. um, yeah. In fact, Let's actually, here, I won't, I'll put you through that first. We'll come back around on that. First of all. Uh, since I'm, I'm not sure where we're on time. One thing I know I want to ask you is um, for new songwriters or even uh, veteran songwriters, would you have any advice? Oh. Well, I think it's, it's a different process for everyone, uh, and it should be. Uh -huh. But, I mean, I know songwriters that get up in the morning and work on it for half an hour before work or sit down for two hours on a Saturday afternoon and uh, and say, I'm going to finish this, this, and this song today. I also know songwriters like myself that can write three songs in a day and then not write one for months. And so I think it's just kind of, you do have to work at it. You do have to try and push through some, some things sometimes, but just kind of st stay comfortable with it, I think. I don't know. Um, try not to make it too much like work is, is, is one thing I would say. Mm -hmm. Unless, for you, that feeling of work is the thing that that works for you. you gotcha. Know, so. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any one way to do it, though. The um, uh, interesting what you just said about sometimes you you'll write a few in a burst. Oh yeah. That's an interesting thing. So when you um, are getting um, these bursts, yeah. do, do you usually will you? Do a song in one sitting, or 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 yes, can be. So it can be. Can be. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, the song that closed out my first album is called um, "A Footnote to History." Mm -hmm. That was written on New Year's Day. Uh, one time, I was waiting for a cab, just picked up a guitar, and it was done. Mm -hmm. Right then and there. Uh, one another time, I think I totaled out nearly five complete songs in two days. But wow. I've also had unbelievable wow. dry spells where sure. Uh, sure, you know, sure, you're sure. looking at the, the calendar and you're like, oh, there's that one new song. And then you realize you wrote it four months ago or right. something. And you haven't really had a, a seed come to fruition since. Right. And uh, gotcha. I don't really know how to explain that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's definitely bursts. And when they come, you better have a pencil and paper handy. Yes, yes, yes. All at right. Least for okay. me, yeah. Which have adds... pencil and paper handy. That's good advice. Okay. So I always have that handy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a pen on me here. Yeah. Carry around yes. a little notebook. No, that's very practical because I yeah. often that would have been another thing I would have asked you. Yeah. Um, as as we're winding toward the to the end of the show, I wanted to ask you, 
I mean, let's just look at some of your lyrics. Okay. We'll just look at um, in. Um, this is like my uh, my biggest fear right now. Looking at my lyrics. Well, so. well, see, but, but the the thing about your lyrics are that to me they match your music. Okay. Because. The, you're, you don't write story songs. To me, you write impressionist lyrics because your music is like that. So to me, it matches. Yeah. For example, in the song Your Name, you have, I keep writing letters down till they spell out the perfect name. Yeah. By the way, I love that as an opening line. Thank I you. I think it's very cool. Thank you. I labored over that song for three or four years really? before I felt like it was ready to, to produce See? for consumption. So sometimes it can take that long. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, there'd be six, nine months at a time where I'd just be like, I, I don't want to look at that song right now. Sure, I can't sure. think about it, come back to it later. But yeah, that's that's a, a line that has a pretty strong impression or image I agree. to it. Um, it's kind of a family thing, that's that song. So um, sort of about learning about my father and his uh, like his kind of identity and things and, you know, sort of wondering questions, answers, you know. Um, but it's meant to be not super specific. Gotcha. It, because in that same song, yeah. um, you have, quote, all repeat of offenders waltz past the gavel into outer space. Hmm. <laughs> forgot about that I, line. I forgot about that. And you have <laughs> all the fast-fed armies. Now, I've heard of fast food, the, but I have not heard the term fast fed. Yeah, I loved it, just, it. It fed. All the fast fed armies have crashed the party and trashed the place. Uh, I think it was just like that second verse is kind of me referencing the fact that, I mean, I'm, you know, everyone's going through some stuff. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got things to work on with mm -hmm. family or love or whatever. And in the meantime, like, there's a whole world of things that, that we could be working on, like, as a as humanity yeah and uh, I think some of those things might be getting away from us so well what's getting away from us is time okay Thomas Paul thank you very much for coming thanks for having me uh, we've had Thomas's uh, website flashing on the set somewhere I'm sure cool. why don't you take us out with a, another song right, here my friend let's play that one I keep writing letters down till they spell out perfect name wow. That shines like all the high gloss models on a shiny page. Elementary senders all getting sawed off on lighter cane. I keep writing letters down till they spell out.